Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film I Lost My Body, or in the original French, J'ai perdu mon corps. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen it, just be aware that the plot of the film will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the phone. Lord have mercy, how she even get them bridges on? That honky-tonk, but don't you don't. Good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? I am all right. How are you? Good. I, I had a song prepared, but I tried to do it and it didn't work, which is, you know, two minutes before we started recording, I pasted the chorus of Honky Tonk Badonkadonk into Google Translate and looked at what it would look like in French, because we're talking about a French film. <laughs> but it it most definitely does not scan. Like, French just seems to add an extra three syllables into every word. and the, But then other ones are, like, too short. But the, the great thing about French is, though, that although it looks like it's that number of syllables in colloquial french they cut it down to less than what the english would be like like how cockneys do precisely what's french for cockney cockney <laughs> so it goes avec ce honky tonk but donk donk that's that's the same it didn't translate that and it didn't translate donkey kong either because it knows that donkey kong in french is donkey kong so that's good yes Gardez un rhythm parfait, vous donne envie de vous balancer. Je le fais comme Donkey Kong. Et ou bien faire ma bouche qui flatte comme. It just about scans. It <laughs> just about works. <laughs> I have to do some I'm here judicious doubling of notes, but that's good. Hello to any French listeners. <laughs> if you are not aware <laughs> Welcome of. Welcome to our strong French user base. The song um, Honky Tonk Badonkadonk by Trace Adkins. You're in for a treat. You could you could get bust out some French rap though. Yeah, MC Savar. Yeah. There was some yeah. French rap in the film, wasn't there? On the soundtrack. There was indeed. Yeah. Shall we shall we dive right in? I enjoyed this film in French. Did you? Yeah, it was it was good in French. So the film is I Lost My Body or en français J'ai peur du mon corps. Oui, and oui. we watched it in French with English subtitles. C'est vrai. Because you got that option on Netflix now. You can you can just choose whatever you want. No having to look for a copy of it in the right um, language that you want. It's just there. It is very nice. And yeah, so so out of curiosity, I went back and watched just the beginning of it with the um, with the English dub. And it also seemed good. It seemed as though the English dub also worked, which is nice. Oh, that's good. I heard a couple of seconds of the English dub here and there because every time I watched it in kind of um, a couple of chunks on my commute in to and from work and whenever I picked it back up it would default to the English dub because Netflix knows that the English are pigs who won't speak any <laughs> other language or listen to any other language. Or, or did you see a YouGov survey that came out today? YouGov, mate. YouGov, mate. Um, that was saying that it asked people how whether they would be uncomfortable if they heard someone speaking a language other than English in their vicinity. Um, and it ended up at about 20-odd percent uh, of people in the UK. <laughs> saying yes to that question. Saying yes to that question. And then they compared it Remain versus Leave, how they voted. And for Leave voters, it went up to about 41%. So four out of 10 Leave voters would feel uncomfortable hearing a foreign Can language. Can we make all of them leave? 
<laughs> and tell them that that's what leave meant. I mean, that's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, quite awful. Like, or can we yeah. just all at least make them move to the same town or something so they can all speak English to each other and leave the rest of us alone? I mean, that would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's probably, like, you know, they, they used to build towns for this kind of thing, didn't they? Isn't that why they built Milton Keynes? <laughs> just, for, just for people who don't like foreigners. Yeah, it's the most racist town in the UK. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I don't think we'll be getting any... Um... Any uh, subscribers from Milton Keynes? Well, look, have you ever been to Milton Keynes? I have, yes. I've driven through it a number of times and I went there to see Green Day play at the National Bowl, which is a grandiose term for what is essentially a large, a very, very large amphitheatre made of dirt. <laughs> um, I have nothing against Milton Keynes. No, I don't either. It seems like a fine place. Your typical normal English town. Yep, yeah, grey and racist. <laughs> like, we're allowed to say as much confusing shit as we like because we've now left the EU officially, although nothing has actually changed. The real fun will be at the end of this year when it's actually on a cliff edge. Yes, yeah, at the moment it's all exactly the same as it as it was before. It's all fine. Um, I'm worried I'm going to get laughed out of Sweden when I try to go there this weekend, but other than that, it's fine. just going to be like, sorry mate, you can't get in. Yeah, not allowed. Get out. <laughs> get out. Get out. Yeah. I've been trying to learn a bit of Swedish in advance of my trip, and it's a beautiful lyrical language, and I love it. It is, yeah. There's something fascinating about, about Swedish and, and the Scandinavian languages, isn't it? Yeah. It rolls off the tongue, sort of, almost literally. I'm just looking into the politics of Milton Keynes. The politics of Milton Keynes? Yes. How people voted. Oh, Oh, I see. Right. <laughs> so um it looks as though it's currently a predominantly labor council okay which you know that's that's not too bad yeah that shows you that the the sort of the people who are actually engaged with politics are not terrible people um and then it looks as though the mps are tory but that's because of a significant vote change down from labor from the looks of it so right um so they were both held by the conservatives in the most recent election but the labor vote share went down right. rather than up no surprises there that's um, a pattern across the country isn't it yes because nobody nobody liked the labor party well i hope people of milton Keynes are happy that we've now got brexit done that's it it's done it's over it's fine <laughs> yeah I just realized we broke the law by speaking french on this podcast so we'll have to um <laughs> I have to go back and edit that out. Otherwise, Dominic Cummings is going to come around my house and arrest me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Avec ce honky-tonk, padonk-a-donk. That, that, that's exactly <laughs> right, isn't it? The, by singing that, you've, both got, you've got us both arrested. Il devrait y avoir un noir appelé le chef au téléphone. Seigneur et pitié, quand a-t-elle même réussi à la mettre avec ce honky-tonk? But donk donk. So which of those words was britches? Britches. <laughs> but then when you put it in on a zone, it just like translates it to britches. You know what donk is in French? Donk. Is is like therefore. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Or I thought or, you meant like, or. how do you translate the, what, the English word donk <laughs> into French? As in put a donk on it. But donk, therefore. <laughs> but donk, therefore I am. Yeah. <laughs> French is also a nice language, isn't it? French it's is fun, a great It's language. fun to speak and it rolls off the tongue and I like it. It It is a great language. So that was part um, of why I think I enjoyed this film, actually. It was um, 
you know, having spent some time in France and read a lot of French comics and watched a few French films, it's um, it felt actually it felt nice to me. Actually, it was it reminded me of other French films and things that I like, and the the dialogue was actually quite sparse, but where it was was very effective, and it was yeah, it was easy on the ears. Yes, um, and this film did show that you can make anything sound poetic in the French language, yep. even a film that's about a hand trying to get back to its body. A very creepy-ass hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which, yeah, so so I sent you a message, and very rarely do I send you a message about something unless it's a negative thing, yeah. but this wasn't a negative thing. This is the well-known fact. If Rob texts you about the film, it's never good. It's, it's, it's not good. But it wasn't um, really about the film. It was an instruction. And I regret to say that on this occasion, I did not do my homework. I'm sorry. You did not do your homework. So there's something that I found very, very funny about I Lost My Body. And that is how much certain elements of the plot are similar to the stupidest but cleverest episode of the stupid clever show Rick and Morty. Um, there is an episode of Rick and Morty called Pickle Rick. And the main premise is that Rick, the the scientist genius man of the show Rick and Morty, has turned himself into a pickle. Oh, so so Rick's the the old science man, and Morty's yes, the young boy. And Morty is the. Young I boy. thought it was the other way around. Yes. No, that that's Mick and Rorty. Mick and Rorty, yeah, yeah. that's my favourite show. <laughs> um, so the episode called Pickle Rick, he turns himself into a pickle. And then and he says, "I'm Pickle Rick," and I'm then Pickle that's Rick. on a million t-shirts. Yep, I'm not, and and he, but the 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 there are certain plot elements of that episode that are very similar to "I Lost My Body," in so much as there is a scene where Pickle Rick has to fight off a horde of hungry rats <laughs> who want to eat him. Who want to eat him? And so when that scene was going on in in "I Lost My Body," it wasn't a scene of tension for me. It was a scene of, oh my god, this is basically just an artistic version of Pickle Rick. <laughs> and I loved it. Um, Pickle Rick, by the way, is an Emmy award-winning episode of animated really? television. <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I'm a fan of Rick and Morty. I think it, I know. I, I haven't seen it. I'm just, I'm never going to get around now, am I? Well, there's, there's only three series at the moment. Right. Are they going to make more? It's, it's... They are going to make more, but it's not It's not one of those shows that's been on forever and there's an awful lot to get through. So I think it's one of those things where people are put off by the fans. Yes, that's the fan, the fans it. have been quite. The fans have been quite full on. I, but I know a guy who's a, is very, an artist on the Rick and Morty comics and people come up, he like is very, very disdainful of the fact that fans come up to him at conventions and shout, I'm Pickle Rick in his face every time he does an appearance anywhere. Yes. Um, or the whole Mulan Szechuan sauce fiasco. Oh yeah, what happened? There's a, there's a thing about sauce in one of them, and then McDonald's brought it back for a, like a day in one restaurant, and they got mobbed. Yeah, um, it's it's literally a throwaway joke in one episode of the show, <laughs> um, and it became this this cultural phenomenon where people were going into McDonald's and acting the business in front of the staff to try and get it. It was See, I think stupid. this is worse than Star Wars fans, and this is why I no watch because the show. <laughs> I because I don't think Star I, I don't think Rick and Morty fans have ever um, 
run a calculated hate campaign against members of the Rick and Morty cast to force them off social media. That's because it's a which cartoon. Is something that's... The cast members aren't real. They're animated. They don't exist <laughs> yes, in real life. There's, there's no such thing as voice actors. That's how a cartoon um, works. No, Rick, Rick and Morty fans are much better than Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans are officially the worst fandom. And actually, you know, in, if there was in, like a secret Star Wars source at McDonald's, they'd do the same. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars, Star Wars fans would be awful and, and are awful whenever there's a Star Wars promotion for anything. I'm going to make that Star Wars source now. <laughs> Just the blue milk from uh, The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I think you can get at the Star Wars um, theme park bit in Disneyland, can't you? Right. I think you can have the blue milk. Can you milk the whatever it is creature to get it? I don't think you can milk the creature. I think you just buy it and they give you it. Right. But yeah, no, no, watch Rick, that that's my my homework for all our listeners. Do watch Rick and Morty with an open mind and you'll find a very very stupid but very funny and occasionally clever show. I'm never going to watch um, it. Rick and Morty, Game <laughs> of Thrones. This is like old news. I'm never going to get around to it. <laughs> You do not have enough time to watch. I, I even sent you a recommended episode because there's an episode with Ice Tea in it, and I I know you love. Oh, Ice I do, tea. I do. Okay, okay, I'm listening. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great episode. Does he appear um, in it as himself, or does he just do a voice? Yeah, he's himself. Okay, Ice Tea Ice Tea appears in it. Um, Can I watch that a, without like watching other episodes to get into the world? Yeah, yeah. You do. <laughs> it is not the kind of show where you necessarily need to pick it up from the beginning to understand world building like i said there is an episode where he turns himself into a pickle yeah <laughs> it's, it's not the kind of show that um relies on on people diving in from from episode one and needing to pay attention well that's good um but what it is is it's very funny and the episodes are 20 minutes long and you just need to avoid nerds yeah. because yeah i mean that's a that's a rule of life isn't it is avoid nerds in all contexts yeah, yeah, always avoid nerds. That's right. And geeks cool. and dweebs. Dwe- dweebs, nerds and geeks, they avoid me because I'm such a big, scary guy. Yeah, you're, you're, you're always walk down walking the corridor, around in, they your, in your varsity jacket, yeah. <laughs> pushing people into lockers. Yeah, throwing slushy, slushy drinks in their faces. Yeah. <laughs> Starting food fights. Yeah, that's what I do. That's, that's your day to day. You just walk into high schools and just do that and then leave. In a toga. Like John Belushi in Animal <laughs> Tuga, House. Tuga, 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 Tuga. Have you watched any more? No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen anything apart from the films for this podcast. So that's good. And as we were on the Oscars train, I think I've actually seen more films that are Oscar nominated than in many years. So that's good. Yes, yeah, I and think this is. This, helped. I think, uh, I lost my body very much deserves it. I can't remember what else is in the category. There's a Pixar movie, there's Missing Link, um, and some other stuff. How to Train Your Dragon, I think, is in there as well. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that most recent one, but I've seen the first couple and they're good. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a great animated film. Yeah, it is. Um, It's a very good length, because often lengthy animated films can drag, can't they? I mean, not that every animated film has to be short, but you know what I mean? I think it's just the right length. Yeah, it, it, it does exactly what it needs to do and it bows out when it needs to. Um from a from a animation perspective as well, it's also very well done. Um it's got its own style, it feels very unique, um, and it uses animation to tell this story in a way that otherwise wouldn't be possible. 
because because you could try and do this film with like cgi or i mean it's not as though this would in, require a huge amount of cgi the adams family did it what, <laughs> 20 odd years ago that's the thing it if you were to do it with um, you know live action or photorealistic animation it would just remind everyone of the adams family unless yeah, you're young yeah. enough not to know what the adams family is in which case you're too young to be listening to this podcast probably <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so so like it what it does is it uses it uses that method of animation to tell a story that like you said it makes it feel unique and it makes it feel special yeah by having it as an animated tale definitely and it's not to say that the hand stuff isn't really creepy and like very nasty and actually i felt like it was very visceral in a way that it actually might not have been if it was live action or photorealistic did you feel that yeah yeah i know what you mean um there's a there's an awkwardness to the movement, isn't there? Um, of the hand. Doing it, yes. Um, that if it was done, if it was done live action, like you said, it might remind people of Adam's family, um, or it might go very much down the horror route and just be very, very off-putting. But here instead, there's it kind of finds that middle ground, and in a way that makes it slightly more unsettling, where you have almost that empathy for the hand Mm. but at the same time it's moving in such a strange way um and it's going through such strange scenarios that it's still kind of jarring in its presence that's what i think is genuinely very unsettling about it as you say is that the hand is a character and the hand is a character just as much as the humans are in the film and you're following the hand story and investing in the hand story just as much as any of the human characters even though the hand doesn't talk and it's like the hand becomes human or and that's unsettling and it makes you think about how much as a human how much of your life your life depends on your hands and what you do with them and that kind of thing and it makes you yeah the, there's an unsettling detachment there about what what you know what would you do if you did lose a hand i would simply wait for the hand to return to me like in <laughs> this film <laughs> it knows what it's doing yeah it does it does it's fine but then it wouldn't um, it wouldn't be able to come back onto your body it would just sit under your bed's sadly and then watch you go yes yeah um which again i guess it is is worth the point of do you feel as though this is just a the hand is a as a metaphor or do you feel as though what we see is is real yeah i i don't know i it all feels very real doesn't it because i mean ultimately it does it, the um there are kind of the two narratives in the film aren't there you're following the story of the hand and you're following the story of um what's his name no oh um nafel no nafel and it's um you think that like it is his hand and um eventually it's proven that it is but you're never quite sure so there's like these two intertwining stories then eventually culminates in him losing the hand in the on the saw in the woodshop and as soon as you see the saw you're like oh my god i know it's coming but it's like that actually was a really really good almost horror moment building up to that a really, really good use of tension building up to that moment, and it didn't overdo it, but there was just enough kind of shot of the hand getting cut off and then the blood and stuff and all of that, which which was great. But I think, yeah, I I treated it all as real, but the, the whole point of it being that the hand finds him, but even though he doesn't re-find his hand, he finds himself, and that the hand's journey to him and then loss of him again is part of that because it's about moving on and about realizing that you you know sometimes you you have to drop things to move on and your life will change and yada 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 yes yeah um or were you like no man this is a fake hand 
It's not real. <laughs> so I I saw it more as a as an as as a um a, almost a a MacGuffin to act as a metaphor for the film as a whole to 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 build upon what you just suggested in terms of it being about moving on and moving forward with your life. But for my perspective, at least I don't know if that's sort of like all in his mind's eye. Yeah. Rather than a, rather than an an actual, the hand has been chasing him around. Yeah, sure. I think either interpretation works because you kind of have the same end, don't you? Yes, yeah, exactly. It's the same end result, and I don't think we're going to see a sequel where the hand does goes off to the spin-off. Know, join joins Toy Story, the secret adventures of Hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, where would it go in Toy Story? The toys would welcome it with open arms because that that that's what Pixar does, and they've been trained to do that. Yeah, they they always um, they always help, don't they? They always they always take people in. Yeah, yeah, and maybe it would be like it'd be about um, the wider community of toys accepting the hand as one of their own, and then there'd be like some kind of like toy hat, disembodied toy hand that it had to compete with, and it'd be like, "I'm a real hand." Yeah, that could win the Oscar for sure. <laughs> that could win the. You'll get Randy Newman on it. Yeah, as, as long as you've got Randy Newman involved, you're guaranteed to win. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So obviously, this one's not going to win because no Randy Newman. But the score is very, very good. I really liked it. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, had this maudlin quality that that matched the rest of the um, matched the rest of the tone of the film, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it was that really nice synth tone, and that offered a lot of kind of rising themes returning, but also good use of kind of longer notes and ambient sounds to create that that unsettling feeling but never overdoing it there was never anything that was like crashing or in your face about it but it was really really melodic as well it was great i really really liked it actually oh good stuff it's by dan levy apparently who is in a a french finnish french indie pop band called the duo that's an o with a slash through it which i've probably said wrong the do it's called the do mate (laughs) the do yeah so i'll um, have yeah. to go and check them out yeah it was a, it was a really great soundtrack um and it, it matched the tone of the film perfectly um like you said there's very memorable re- returning refrains um throughout the film um so yeah it's it's just such a well put together movie isn't it yeah yeah it really is it in every conceivable way for an animated film but i i initially wasn't sold on the animation style you know how it's it's such a to use this word again it's such a visceral thing isn't it you look it's like you pick up a comic book as well in the shop you see the style and you can be instantly turned off by it or you can instantly think i really really like that and at first i was i was on the fence about it it had to win me over and it did oh that's good um i think i just i've been conditioned a bit with animated films to want everything to be like either studio ghibli or 90s disney you know and you have those kind of paradigms don't you yeah, so this... Um, so that's my own prejudice. Because those are both very sort of like flowing animation styles, whereas this has a bit more rigidity to it, mm-hmm. um, which which I appreciated. I think there's various different forms in which you can, um, you can have animation. Um, and like, 
I don't know. I feel as though this this really the tone of it really worked well with the animation style, and I think the fact that it had that that more structural sense to it than than the flowing movement of more traditional two D movies, I think worked quite well. Yeah, a- absolutely. And all the things like if ever there was a view or a cityscape or something, or the rooms were all meticulously put together. But the f- the focus on the movement against that backdrop was always really good. And it was always, it was really, the shots were all really well framed, which is, might be an odd thing to say about an animated movie, but especially with the hand and all the things the hand was doing, wherever the hand was in shot, it was effective because a lot of the time you couldn't necessarily see that it was a disembodied hand. So you could imagine your own hand being there, but at the same time you knew that it was disembodied. So it was like, what would it be if like rats were biting your hand or a pigeon was pecking at it in a gutter or that kind of thing yes yeah um it uh it yeah it i it just works incredibly well um and 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 the sort of style that it portrays it really does add tension to those those dangerous scenes like you said with the pigeon with the with the rats um being um mistaken for a rat by the pianist and the dog yeah that kind of thing it it adds that danger that otherwise might not be there yeah for sure it, it created tension around that very very well and again without it necessarily relying on horror elements yes yeah yeah you know it would have been easy for the journey to be the hand goes in somewhere people see it and they freak out yeah oh my god or or he meets up with like someone he knows who knows that he's the 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 disney pixar version of this is because i know you love pixar so much i love pixar so much they can't do any wrong they're the best studio ever yeah god i god i love their films cars oh cars cars two planes planes tell me about it trucks (laughs) jet skis automobiles what are what are the ice things called um uh, zambonis zambonis yeah Z- that's the next one isn't it <laughs> yeah it's kind of um, it's kind of like the mighty ducks but it's all about the 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 backstage workers the zambonis it's like yeah. rose and Cranston and guildenstern are dead but for the, the mighty ducks <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um yeah um yeah in that version he loses his hand um and then that's the sad thing because there's always a sad thing in a Pixar movie. Yeah, that happens and like, in the first And, minutes. like, there's that sadness there of um, him trying to sort of get on without his hand. But then his hand gets picked up by a friend of his and is like, I'd recognise that hand anywhere. Yeah. You're, you're my mate's hand. And then they go off on a rollicking adventure and he's got to hide the hand under his hat at various times. And then the the hand moves him like Remy and Ratatouille. I th- that's one of the few Disney films I haven't seen. Oh, have you not seen Ratatouille? No. Oh, that's very good. Of course, the one that I've seen haven't seen is the one that you like. <laughs> no, I, I I like a I do like a lot of them. Um, I just fit, I feel as though they 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 hit a a formula, and yeah. they haven't evolved from that formula in a long time. And I'm waiting for them to do that. Yeah, for sure. See, I'm thinking what would happen if it was like the hand befriends a pigeon and they team up to fight crime. <laughs> yeah, the the become of crime fighting duo. Oh yeah, no, it it would initially befriend animals, wouldn't it? Talking animals. Yeah, yeah. So squirrels. It would, be- 
it would befriend um a pigeon and then the pigeon would get it in touch with the dog um and then the dog would help it for a while until it got back to a friend who could then take it and then the friend would be rushing this hand back to the hospital so that they can get it reattached just in time just in time they don't and, uh, then there's there's only a window in which you can do it for an invented medical reason yeah and and so like they're driving along in their car and then someone accidentally like throws a milkshake on the windscreen and um and the friend is like hand take the wheel or hand i need you to drive stick and then oh, yeah. the hand is moving the gears on its own <laughs> whilst the guy sort of he's got one hand and out he's, of action yeah and he's he's wiping away at the milkshake on the thing and they're working together um and then at the end they get there and it's not in time to reattach the hand but then because the hand is magical they find that it's good to have a detachable hand and they are friends yeah that's fine and then in the last scene they're all frolicking and having fun together and the hand has got like a little hat on and it's all happy they've drawn like a smile on it yeah and then a, a a foot walks along on its own and then and then looks up and there's this girl sitting there um whose foot is moving about and then the hand on its own waves at her and yep. so there's a little bit of romance at the end and then the foot kicks back and waves back with its toes in a definitely non-creepy way <laughs> in a non-creepy way yeah so so we've just done um yeah happy hands the pixar version because because yeah. this is based on a book isn't it it's based I, on a book I, called, sorry, read, yeah, called happy, happy hand. hand by not to be guillaume... confused with happy feet <laughs> <laughs> no, very different um beat by guillaume laurent who he worked on amelie didn't he right i did not know um, that yeah so um an, an accomplished writer um and yeah so so it's it's interesting and I, i'd i'd love to read the book but i don't think it's available in um in english uh, as far as i, I can tell it is not yeah right. which is a shame because i think that would be quite interesting yeah. um, but yes yeah, so, so he wrote um wrote amelie um oh, okay. and a very long engagement as well um the um adaptation of that that came out in 2004 which is another um audrey totu movie i don't know if you've seen it i have not is it good um yeah it's fine it's pretty good um um so it's um about a woman searching for her husband um i think it's her husband anyway um who was lost during world war 1 oh so i won't be good. watching it then it's about it's, about it's got wars. war in it no time for wars boring I'm def- I've decided I'm definitely not going to watch 1917 now because I'm hearing about it all bloody time. Oh, uh, really? Boy, I'm not hearing really. anything because people haven't seen it. So so have lots of people seen it around where you are? Yeah, I guess. Or just like on podcasts and on social media and stuff more than anything else, I guess. Listening to other podcasts. Oh, so the only podcast you listen to is your own show. <laughs> exactly. I definitely don't. It's a good way to, to be. Podcasts. It's a very reputable. I'm news monogamous source. with my podcast listening. No, I, I listen to way too many podcasts. Actually, I find it hard to keep up. Yeah. Um. With uh. So so, what are your favourite other movie podcasts then? Uh, the Flophouse. Although that's that's more of a bad movie one. Kerbo de Mayo's film review obviously is a weekly one, mm-hmm. so that's good for the good for the overview. You get the top ten, you get reviews of all the new stuff. But they do like the emails from people and stuff, and there's always like the last few weeks have been all 1917, and I'm just bored of it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, other than that, those. I mostly listen to baseball podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> even in the off season. Oh, very nice. 
what what do they talk about in the off season on baseball podcasts trades mostly um there's a lot of trades rule changes cheating scandals um stuff like that there's yeah there's no end of stuff i'm just looking through to see if i have any other good film ones do they do they talk about how baseball is possibly the weakest of the american sports (laughs) what do you mean the weakest (laughs) Oh no, that's true. That can't ex- that can't happen while American football exists. Because <laughs> they're all hard. Because they wear loads of pads. American football, the game which lasts four hours, of which fifteen minutes is actual play. Yeah. <laughs> Every two seconds. Boop. Like, stop. Like, like Stand baseball. In the line. Baseball may be slow, but at least the majority of it is them actually playing the game. <laughs> yeah, baseball lasts four hours, and it's mostly standing around, but at least it's like they're standing around waiting for someone to hit something rather than getting into a line, moving, and then stopping, and then getting into a line again. It's, it's what I find fascinating about American football is that I'm, I'm a fan of rugby, um, both rugby league and rugby union, and both of those, both of those games, they, there's no real stops in play for an extended period of time. No. Um, it, it's very, particularly rugby league is very quick turnover, but the play is sort of constantly going on, whereas rugby union is almost a war of attrition um, where there's not much turnover of possession, but it's it's constantly moving. Um, and I, I find it very jarring to watch a sport where there are those regular breaks in play. And I think that's why I've never really been able to get on with cricket either. Because yeah. it seems as though there's an awful lot of downtime in cricket. There is, yeah. At least in baseball, you can, in theory, have a never-ending inning because you just go until the third out. Yes, yeah. With um, cricket, as like set number of balls. Yeah, it's very and, rigid. And and I can I can kind of appreciate that, but at the same time, it feels as though there's much more breakup, whereas it feels as though baseball is more fluid as well yeah it's, it's the um the studio ghibli of american sports <laughs> no that is ice hockey my man <laughs> all that skating around not even walking not even running that's just true, got fluid that's motion they're just flowing everywhere those yeah. ice hockey boys <laughs> i do love ice hockey though have you it's ever great. watched ice hockey? yeah yeah it's so much fun go jets um Tough-ish go bruins boston bruins love a bit of bruins the bruins are doing well this season I think. they are they are yeah what other, what other great teams are there? There's obviously the Mighty Ducks. Where are the Mighty Ducks now? Because they move around Anaheim. Anaheim, don't they? Are they still at Anaheim? Yeah, Anaheim, Emilio Estevez, Mighty Ducks. And then you've got uh, the Detroit Red Wings, I yep. think it is. Yeah. Oh, no, they're just called the Anaheim... They're just called the Anaheim Ducks now. Yeah, they're not... I told you, they're not mighty anymore because Emilio <sighs> Estevez is no longer the coach. He had to retire. The Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Toronto Maple Leafs. Also good. The Ottawa Senators. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that right? The Senators. Yeah, they're a bit rubbish. And their logo is um, a bit rubbish as well. It's really fusty. What, it looks like on... something you'd see on like a bottle of ale. In that, you know, in that bit in the pub, in the back behind the bar, like where it's on the bottom shelf. In oh, the one thing that no one drinks it. Yeah, even, even the ale... Ale men, they don't, they don't touch it. It's too ale uncool men. for the ale men. I know who you mean when you say the ale men. Yeah, yeah, the the people who are really, really into their ale. Yeah, you know, they have membership to that club, Camera, and they read all those weird little magazines that are the size of Reader's Digest, and I don't even know what the size of that format is because it's like weirdly small. Yeah, <laughs> and they've all read the Silmarillion. Oh, the Silmarillion, and they're all um, from Devon. 
um, so how did we even get on to talking about uh the mighty ducks i've forgotten i, I um, can't remember but but there was no ice hockey in um there's no ice hockey and i lost my body no it's a shame no sports whatsoever not out of 20 and and no no positive depictions of animals either no every animal in this film was a bastard i felt a bit bad for the pigeon yeah the pigeon was just doing what pigeons do it was only pecking and then it got <laughs> strangled to death <laughs> strangled to death by a hand which is yeah it starts off with the quite shocking scenes with the hand like that doesn't it and then it sort of gets gradually a bit better until eventually the hand grabs onto an umbrella and he's flying around and having fun and you're like yes you go hand i'm happy for you yeah yeah it's it's um the hand's got dreams it does it has it has aspirations yeah um you you're rooting for the hand you, don't you and you are and and i think it's it's really interesting doing that clash of dialogue free action focused animation with the hand and then having that very intimate character driven slow burn of the other element um and, yeah. and i really like that clash and i think they handled it very very well here i'll tell you what sport the hand could play is tiddlywinks oh that's true i want the like sports hand enters the tiddlywinks contest <laughs> in, in order to save the romantic plot that would be or, good that would be good yeah or pogs it could do pogs pogs and well this film was set in 1994 as was revealed by a shot of a calendar towards the end of the film so pogs so would be that a was real... like peak pog wasn't it yeah pogs were hold on i'm going don't look. know if they made it to to france but les pog i think they did i seem to remember having french pogs yeah um yeah i seem to i seem to remember um i seem to remember having french pogs getting a pack of pogs when i was out in france so yeah, um, or just getting one in a packet of crisps. Oh yeah, you used to get them in packets of Walker's crisps, didn't you? Yeah, it was the most exciting thing ever. You open the packet of crisps as well as the crisps, and there would be a little plastic thing, and in it would be a little little disc, and you could click it on another disc. Did you know that Pogs originated in Hawaii? I did not. Yeah, but of course they did because Hawaii is great. Yeah, Pogs Pogs were um, originated in Hawaii, and even. Um, the Pog brand of the World Pog Federation um, originated in, in Hawaii as well. The World Pog Federation? Yeah, do you not remember that it was all attached to the World Pog Federation? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, if you had official Pogs, they were um, they, they were World Pog Federation ones. I'm sure I definitely had some illegitimate pogs. And what was the name of the little... Do you remember the little orange fella on the pogs? Yeah, Pogman. Pogman. <laughs> Hang on, no. The ones that came in crisp packets were Tazos. That was a different thing. Taz. Oh, they were knockoff pogs. They weren't Yeah, they pogs. were like shit pogs. I'm, I'm searching for Tazo pogs now. Oh, yeah, they were Looney Tunes. Yeah, those were the ones you'd get. And they had little ridges around the outside, so they weren't real pogs. Yeah, I loved them nonetheless. Because I was none the wiser. I feel betrayed now. Absolute betrayal. Yep. Oh, I've just found some Sonic the Hedgehog Tazos on eBay. Gonna have to bid (laughs) on those. (laughs) Gotta get them. Oh, what was the name of the orange guy from the pogs, though? I I had a toy of him, I seem to remember. What, like a cuddly toy? Yeah, a little cuddly toy of the, the orange pog man. 
Did you mean Pigman? No, I meant Pogman. Oh yeah, I see. He looks like a Robert Crumb sort of guy. Yeah. Oh man, I'm looking at pictures of Pogs. This is like a pure nostalgia fix. It looks like he is genuinely called Pogman. Pogman. Or one word. Pogman. Pogman. Jonathan Pogman. I wish I had Pogs now. I would. Did you ever actually play Pogs? No. No, I played it like a couple of times and like this is really boring, and then just went back to just collecting them. What do you do? Do you just throw them at each other? No, it's like it's almost like um, tax, where you like throw the the big thick one down and you smash it and collect the thing that we all have to pay that Brexiteers Ta- hate and think we're definitely <laughs> going to be paying less of now that we've left the EU. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that is like pogs. <laughs> exactly the same thing. It was a game invented to teach children about taxation. It was, yeah, no taxation. And it worked because they all hate it. Everyone grew up to hate it. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I hate having roads. Yeah. And I hate having hospitals and schools and stuff. It drives me up the wall. How dare I have to put a little bit of my money away to support society? (laughs) Yeah. I hate having councils. I hate having care for the elderly, all that stuff. Hate it. Can't stand it. Back in my day, we didn't have any of that. And yeah. There were no schools back in the you 60s. Could, you could get a lifetime supply of food for threepence. Yeah. And you loved it. And You know, back in the wartime days, you went to school, put your three bob on the counter, teacher would give you some pogs. <laughs> Then play every, pogs. every day you get a visit from the Queen and you'd yeah. love it. And the Queen would be all like, hello. She'd come down, she'd tell you that we were all getting on well in the war. <laughs> you'd throw her a couple of pennies for her big house in Buckingham Palace. Yeah, that was the only tax that we were willing to pay was to keep the Queen <laughs> in a fancy house. A massive gilded palace. And then you went home to your mud house <laughs> in the slum. Yeah, these... Kids these days don't know how well how good they've got it. They've got bricks, they've got windows, <laughs> roofs. Back in my day, we didn't have roofs. Yeah, we 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 had the rain and we liked it. And there was none of this BBC either. You know, if we wanted television, you'd put a coin into the TV and you'd get Channel Four, and that was it. <laughs> Only Channel Four. Yeah, it was called that because it cost 4p. <laughs> 4p p- for a Four. day's TV. And if you couldn't afford it, too bad. You had to go back to work at the Pog factory and get an extra shift. Yeah, just making Pogs all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a film I would make slash watch. What, the, the, the trials and tribulations of yeah. Pog creators? The personal history of David Poggerfield. <laughs> I do need to go and see David Copperfield, actually. Uh, my mum said it was very good. Yeah, so. it looks amazing. We're going to go and see Parasite on Friday. Oh, that looks good too. Which I'm very much looking forward to. And then The Lighthouse is also coming to our fancy cinema. Oh, that's um, got um, Willem Dafoe. And Robert Pattinson scrapping in it. Yes, it's Looks great. It's the second film from the director of The Witch, and The Witch was very good. So we're hoping that The Lighthouse is also good. Um, and then also David Copperfield. So it's going to be a busy time of potential 
cinema visits, but Parasite is booked in and I'm very excited about it. Excellent. Yeah, Bong Joon-ho is a man who knows how to make films. And knows how to play Pogs. Yeah, Pog Joon-ho. <laughs> well As known. he was known on the international oh, Pog stage. Well-known well known World Pog Federation <laughs> member. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the hand would be good at playing Pogs, but it doesn't find any Pogs, does it? No, which is which is also disappointing. I wanted more pogs. Yeah, but um, the way the narrative intertwines is very good in this film, isn't it? It's sort of um, you've got the hand narrative, you've got um, Nalfell's flashbacks, and you've got his kind of present day narrative as well, and they're all kind of working together towards the same end. But there is a bit sort of about a third of the way in when you're like, well, where is this actually going? And then it sort of picks up again. Yeah, it, it you do kind of have that question of oh, what where is this going to go what is this movie going to be about and eventually it all kind of forms together um there is one thing that i don't like about this um which is the the conceit that he suddenly becomes a master carpenter who can build a massive wooden igloo overnight no i don't mind that i mind the fact that he's a creepy delivery man who like kind of stalks her for a bit and then pretends to be somebody else to get close to her. But and he also killed his parents. <laughs> Way to play up the guilt angle here, Paddy. Yeah, well, no, that's the thing. He's not necessarily a good character, and it is a character-driven piece. And that's what I think is quite effective about it as well, is you're rooting for him. Even right until the very end, you are rooting for him. But there is an uncomfortableness to that, because you know that he was responsible for his parents' death. And yeah, he is kind of a creep. Yeah, I... I, I don't know about the parents' death thing. I think that's a bit unfair. Well, he he distracted his dad while he was driving and then he crashed the car and they died. Yeah, so the dad shouldn't have been distracted. Dad is at yeah. fault here. It's it's basically, um, it's a version of Garden State, isn't it? How his, he pushed his mum over a dishwasher. But, it, but it's not... It's the same it, as that. It's not even as far as that because he isn't... He's not doing the action. He wasn't driving the other car or he didn't turn the wheel of the car to make it crash or anything like that he was just being distracted in the back and let's be honest if you've got a young child you should be used to distractions this, this <laughs> when is you're true, driving yeah. um so i so i don't i don't think that he's responsible for his parents death but it does play into that whole he feels guilty for it um but i do think it is a bit of a misstep because i know people that have been in the situation where they've um had a delivery from someone and then the person who's done the delivery has found out their number and tried to message them for romantic means yeah and it's like a creepy delivery guys in the gig economy and it, and it's that's i guess why they said it in the 90s because they wouldn't have had to deal with that no but it's it's still very very uncomfortable um and i think it's it is creepy that he um follows up on it to that extent as to calling around various different libraries to find out where she works then pretending that he doesn't know her and then following her and then following her it it is very creepy and her reaction is entirely justified in going yeah but her, that's yeah, like her reaction mate, is out. so good because it hits that that it's totally logical and it hits that on, on the head and you know a lot of films would have been like would have been quick for her to get over that but she doesn't really does she and that's actually kind of how she feels about him is left quite ambiguous because she just finds the tape recorder recording of him jumping over to the crane and then she hears that and she sort of smiles a bit maybe but 
all you really see is her listening to that and, and her sort of trying to find out where he went. And that indicates that, you know, she perhaps forgives him or have some does have some feelings for him. But as a romantic plot goes, it's not tied up and it's not schmaltzy. And, you know, that it's actually more about his misdeeds than the things he got right almost. Yeah, and I, I think it's pretty clear that um, th- that she does forgive him for it and she is happy that um that he made it through that jump and things like that but i i do feel as though it is her reaction to it in the first instance is very justified Um, absolutely but i i do feel as though it's maybe a bit of a misstep having it laid out like that in the plot because he's a proper creep um and yeah it's fine because he loves his job as a carpenter that he's very good at after two days (laughs) because carpentry is something that you despite being the worst delivery boy you've ever seen (laughs) yeah even worse than fry in futurama yeah at least fry puts the effort in (laughs) yeah he works hard um yeah so i i don't know i didn't i didn't necessarily like that and i don't think we were supposed to be as critical of that as we are no but i think her her reaction to it is what you want to feel at it so that gives you some kind of catharsis doesn't yeah it? yeah uh shout out to um victoire dubois though who is the voice of um the voice of gabrielle in this she mm-hmm. is um in an amazing french horror series on netflix called marianne all right which is really really good um, unfortunately it hasn't been extended to another season even though everyone i know who watched it loved it um so clearly netflix decided that it didn't do well enough to to deserve another series which is a shame oh that's a shame um but as a standalone one series horror series it is actually really really good so any horror fans there i'm sure there's horror fans who are listening on this do watch marianne it's very good mm-hmm. the horror fans are all the one who's who listen to this to hear your opinions yeah not mine <laughs> Yeah, not out of 20 for any movie, unless it's slightly creepy. But this movie is slightly creepy. It is. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a creepy quality to it throughout. There's that kind of low-level unsettling quality to it, which is part, which is tied up in the animation style as well and is very effective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I hope it wins the award. Yeah, I hope so too. It'd be nice to see it go to something interesting. Yes, it is probably the most interesting film on that list. Yeah. So, so although the clause one, the the slogan for that is "Welcome to the Jingle," which is very good. Yeah, but it looks it looks fine, doesn't it? Yeah. Claws. It's a Christmas film. Christmas films shouldn't be allowed to win awards, should they? <laughs> it should be a Christmas. Oscars. It's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, Christmas Oscars. Um. Yeah, it looks fine, doesn't it? Claws. I didn't watch it at Christmas. Me neither. Um, and I don't. We put it on the list and then never got around to it. Yeah, I don't really feel any inclination to watch it outside of Christmas time. But it looks like it's animated well. Yeah, it looks nice. And uh, you know, got a good cast and everything like that. So maybe next year, next year, I might get around to watching Claws. Yeah, and then you got Missing Link, which looks like it's stop motion. Yeah, that's the that's the Ardman one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which Ardman are great. Ardman um, are great. Because I'm never sure how I feel about stop motion, but then whenever I see an Aardman film, I'm like, that is good. Because it, it was Aardman, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, no, it was someone called Laika. 
Oh, okay. I assumed it was Aardman. My bad. Oh, so they did Coraline. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, not saying that. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Paranorman. Um, yeah. I think I saw a trailer for that. Thought it looked all right. Yeah, Coraline is great. Um, the it's based on the Neil Gaiman novel. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's a really good animated film. So, okay, yeah. Um, it's funny because it's got a real Ardman look to it, doesn't it, Missing Link? Yeah, it really does, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, you know, that looks quite good. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, it, I Lost My Body's just really different, isn't it? And I, I like that about it. It is. I can't think of the last time I saw something that unsettled me in the same way, but that also was kind of life-affirming and enjoyable and had that that element of, you know, we're all searching for something, but we don't know what, but... You know, sometimes you get answers and you move on and there it is. You know, I can't remember the last time I got that from an animated film. Yeah, exactly. Um, that wasn't, you know, a Pixar or a Studio Ghibli film that was, you know, lyrical and flowing and moving. And this was the opposite of that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I, I feel as though animated movies sometimes don't, they don't grasp the complexity that their stories can sometimes allow. And I know that some of that's because they're aimed at younger audiences a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but it's always nice to see an adult-focused animated film. Yeah, but at the same time, you never felt like it was trying too hard to be adult either. Um, so I, I thought that was really good, actually. Yeah, there's no scenes where um, Let the Body Sit the Floor starts playing in the <laughs> background and, and the hand starts shooting up some heroin. <laughs> Yeah. Let the bodies hit the floor. That's going to be in my head now. Hold on. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. What a what a great song. Yeah. Tune. Drowning um, Pool. Terrible name for a band. Very, very bad name for a band. <laughs> um, so, so have you got anything else you want to say about I Lost My Body? Uh, no, I think I, I think I've, think we've covered it all, haven't we? The romantic plot is kind of almost is secondary to the character development, really, isn't it? but it is there and it's believable, or at least you believe his feelings for her and that there are a couple of nice scenes between them, like he makes her the little bear thingy, is it? Yeah, that's right, the bear. Yeah, all that stuff is kind of nice. And to have that romantic element of it, you know, it does remind you that there are those kind of good things in life, even if you've lost your hand and it's trying to find its way back to you. Yes, yeah, exactly. It, it, it all works very well. And you assume that he learned some kind of lesson from that failed attempt at romance that by losing a hand he has a significant reduction in body weight to be able to make that jump onto the crane <laughs> yeah that's the most important thing <laughs> so making that jump it's the most important lesson yeah parkour <laughs> exactly cool so yeah very very good i enjoyed it i like it i hope that more people see it and watch it Yes, uh, uh, that's the same thing. Yeah, I'm watching it, and and I since it's on today. Netflix, <laughs> yep, that was very astute. Um, yeah, it's on Netflix. You've got no excuse. People can people can go out and watch it, can't they? And I yeah. I really recommend that you do. It's something very different, and it's fine if you do the English dub. Um, yeah, it is. It is. You know, I just checked out. It's Dev Patel. It is Dev Patel. Yeah. Yeah. So why not? Um, yeah, so so get on it. Sweet. So how are we going to rate this? 
how many how many rats would you set on fire <laughs> under a subway the, train? Yeah, underneath the train. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I would set sixteen rats on fire. Yeah, and I do fifteen. There's a lot of animal cruelty going on at Big Boys tonight. Yeah, yeah. Although no animals were harmed in the making of this show, we do we are condoning specifically burning rats. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you are a hand, a severed hand under a subway train, we do condone the burning of rats to save yeah. your own hand. That's fine. Which actually sounds more like a Stephen King thing, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? <laughs> um so uh so yeah yeah um, 15 for me 15 15 rats cool 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 so did we did we agree to do something next oh was that was that your choice so now do i have i to, think it was I you next wasn't something? it right all right what are we going to do there was something i was going to do that you didn't want to do but i can't remember what it was <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we've now run out of current films, haven't we? Well, we could watch the two popes. We could two watch popes. the Irishman. Oh God! We could watch. Um, if you have time to go and see got... Parasite, we could watch Parasite. I think. Well, as I'm going to Sweden this weekend. Oh yes, weekend, you are. I think I'm. I think I'm going to struggle. Um. Okay. Let's see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw a few. Throw a few things at you. Do you want do you want Baz Luhrmann, John Belushi, Eddie Murphy, or the Beatles? Ooh. See, there's two ways that the Beatles can go. And yeah. one way I'm super on board with. The other I'm definitely not, so that is a difficult one. <laughs> Um, that sounds that sounds like a good choice, actually. Ah, uh, but then Belushi. Uh, you said well, you said John Belushi, we, right? Yes, not Jim. Not Jim Belushi. No, well, now that you you said that about the Beatles, I want to I want to go down that road. So okay, we're going to do okay. Yesterday, which is the the film from uh, last year, the Richard Curtis no. one, which apparently is heinous, but I've Before, not seen it. Before we made this choice, all you haven't seen it. Seen so far away, I have not seen it. Why the hell would I watch yesterday? <laughs> um, okay, we're watching yesterday. Yep, um, directed by Danny Boyle. Yeah, Danny Boyle's good though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. we're watching. We're watching yesterday. I thought it was um, the Ruttles. What, what, no, what's the Robert Zemeckis <laughs> film about the kids who are all trying to get to that Beatles concert? It's one of his early movies. Oh, I don't, I don't think I've seen that. Um, it's good. Uh, Back it to the called? Future. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's before Back to the Future, I think. Um, uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Oh, I haven't even heard of that. That um, sounds so it's, good. It's about these teenagers that try to get to the Ed Sullivan show that the Beatles were on. Ah, Beatlemania. Um, yeah, so um, maybe maybe we'll watch that another time. But yeah. for now, oh, it was his directorial watching. debut, apparently. Oh, there we go. Um, but yeah, so so for now, we'll be watching yesterday. Yep. Looking oh. forward to that. <laughs> I mean, it's got it's got Lily James in. How bad could yeah, it be? Yeah, exactly. How bad could it be? 
but it well, then we'll, we will it, answer that question on next week's show. But obviously. it does have Ed Sheeran in it. Yeah, but then it's true. also got Kate McKinnon in it. So how bad can it be, Lily exactly. James? How, how bad could it be? That's the question you always have to ask when you watch a Richard Curtis film, isn't it? How bad could it be? <laughs> I think we should do the entire episode just doing rhymes to Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> how bad could it be? <laughs> Well, I will tell you it's bad and it's not very good. Boys in the Hood <laughs> is a better film, probably, than this. I haven't seen Boys in the Hood. <laughs> I can't tell you. I'm not surprised that you have not seen a film. <laughs> I've never seen a film. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh... Big books don't cry. That's what I thought this was. <laughs> Okay, right. So we're watching yesterday then. Yes, I'm afraid so. Okay, we will do that. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. Do you do you have anything else you want to talk about? Only that. Fuck the film yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> already, <laughs> I haven't even watching. seen it yet. We haven't even seen it recording the episode yet. <laughs> You're already going down that route. Yeah, it's good. Well, be- I look forward to receiving your text messages. Probably when I come ba- when I get back into range of cell phone signal yeah. on Monday. You'll just be left with a torrent of messages from me, just all to, all to Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> yeah. You have to do them as like voice memos though. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> all right. Good times. Well, um, as I said on last week's show, the reason I'm going to Sweden is I'm going to the Arctic Circle to do some grueling challenges to raise money for the National Literature Trust to help kids read good. The link will be in the show notes. Please give them some money so that you can buy kids books and teachers and stuff. I'm not going to say you're a bad person if you don't donate, but you're a bad person if you don't donate. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You're definitely a bad person if you don't donate. <laughs> and pay your taxes as well while we're on that subject. Yeah, pay your taxes. You fuckers. <laughs> pay your taxes, give to charity, and watch I Lost My Body. Yeah, do those things. And you will lead a full, rich, and happy life. You've been blessed. Yeah. By the puppy of Big Boys Don't Cry. (laughs) All right. As always, thanks a lot for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. Really hope you do watch and enjoy I Lost My Body, which is a great film. And um, you can get us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. And the emails at Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. Always love to hear from you and leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, what did you think of I Lost My Body? Yeah. How confident would you... Where would you you go if you were a hand? How confident would you be that your hand would be able to find its way back to you? Yeah, geez. That's a tough one. (laughs) We always ask the tough questions. We do, we do. All right, we'll be back next week to talk about yesterday. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the phone. Lord have mercy, how she even get them bridges on? That honky-tonk, but don't